Hello, everyone, and welcome to Lasers, Babies, and Beer, episode eight. Round eight. Round eight. The Bad Bulldog. Bulldogs? That's right. Bad Bulldogs Brewery. All Would right. you gentlemen like to introduce yourselves? My name is Dave Dodge. I am the owner of Bad Bulldogs Brewery. Uh, hello, everybody. My name is uh, Tomas Munoz, and I'm the production manager here at Bad Bulldogs Brewery. Very fun. What does production manager mean? Kind of oversee different aspects of like just brewing, and uh, we do yeast management. We also take care of the beer and make sure things are pouring right and just scheduling. A little mm-hmm. scheduling. He wears many hats. Yeah, a lot of hats and writing, you know, descriptions for the beer and, you know, doing a little bit of like work for the TTB and Washington State Liquor Control Board, making sure all the records are right. So it's kind of a many hats kind of job. He's been very helpful and very mm-hmm. useful. We use him for plethora of knowledge. He has tons of beer experience, 25 years, I think. So he knows his way around. How much do you participate in the brewing process? I participate a lot. I mean, I actually do all the physical brewing with uh, Tomas or with Connor or somebody else that I have with me. Uh, We have another brewer that brews with us. His name is Dan. Uh, He's helped out on a couple beers. We try to group together. It's it's always a group effort. Um, We're always working in here together. And uh, if Tomas is not brewing, then he's checking beers or doing something else. Um, so we try to work together as a group and get it done. It always helps when you're making beer if you have more hands. Oh, yeah. Things go a little smoother that way. More hands at the brewery are always good. Plus and, uh, the knowledge is, is it's, uh, it's tremendous. You know, I mean, as far as the final touches on a beer, you mm-hmm. need to have that. Tomas is teaching me a little about patience. Which I, don't have, <laughs> I don't have much of it, but I'm learning. Well, the patience is really uh, is really just the yeast. You have to, if you listen to them, they'll tell you what to do. Yeah. yeah pretty much. Okay, so they have poured us two lovely flights of their beers here. We're going to kind of work our way through this, talk about the beers a little bit, and then give these guys the chance to really tell us their story and uh, what's going to be going on here at the brewery when you guys open. Your grand opening is coming, right? March 3rd. March 3rd. We're very excited. 2 o'clock, 2 yeah, to 10? 2 o'clock. We're going to have a ribbon cutting from the mayor. Nice. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's going to be cool. That's and this fun. is a beautiful tap room, by the way. Thank you. All the wood on the walls is gorgeous. Yeah, it took a long time to stain it. <laughs> oh, I bet. Yeah, lots of different <laughs> colors. I'm happy with how it turned out, though. Really happy. Did you guys have a plan of where you wanted the colors, or did you just kind of say, we're going to stain this board this color? Yeah, this we kind of just color. tried to piece them randomly. It took, it took three of us to do it. One person stepping back, looking what needed what, and then two guys cutting and nailing. Worked out pretty good. And then, so as far as when you're open, are you guys dog-friendly, for instance? Yes, we are. Are you going to be kid-friendly, family-friendly? We are, absolutely. We are big into the community. We want families to come out. You know, we got uh, uh, not much for the kids to do right yet, but we plan on having some games for them. And I did see the first some... pinball machine finally went in over there. Came in yesterday. We were glad to get it. Yeah, we're going to get three more. Nice. And then we're going to do a couple sit-down machines as well. So we're hoping to, to put a team together and start playing. Join in on the local pinball Absolutely. league. Absolutely, yeah. Nice. Absolutely. And there's the local pinball league that incorporates a bunch of bars and breweries, right? Yeah, all around you. There's pinball machines everywhere now. We've kind of touched on that in the past. Yeah, it's very popular. Do you want to try one of these beers here? Well, I was going to touch on you, you wanted to be family friendly. Do you guys have any non alcoholic beverages? That's not water. Uh, gosh, we have like sodas, okay. things like that. I realize it is important. <laughs> 
Are we? Oh, yeah, I'm, I'm, part of you, you're fine. We can always edit out whatever. Okay. Yeah. Um, I was just curious. Yeah. Um, having having beverages that are like, uh, uh, well, sodas, juices, and drinks like that are definitely important. I mean, okay. uh, we were gonna do some. Uh, gosh, I'm, I can't think what it is. It's uh, gluten free. Oh, there nice. you go. Both the ciders are gluten free. So, and I know that, that there's a lot of people with gluten type allergies and things like that. So I want to keep them in mind, mm-hmm. you know, and, and try to do some things that maybe we've talked about that too. Some, some beers with less, yeah. less well, gluten in them. Well, we like, there's this new, uh, um, chemical adjunct or additive that you use a little bit, uh, yeah, and, and Naked City uses it. There's some breweries in, in Seattle that are using it. Okay. And so, uh, we, uh, we haven't really talked about it yet, but I'd like to, pin down maybe a style or maybe a style or two mm-hmm. and make that uh, reduce the gluten so people who have a celiac disease or uh, problems with gluten so that intolerance takes some of that out so they can come in and enjoy a beer as well. Does it remove it all the way, but it, it cuts it way down. It yeah. does, yeah. It generally takes it under the uh, the 10 parts per million, mm-hmm. which is what the labeling requirement is to be technically gluten-free. Sure. So... Awesome. And then are your ciders, are they coming from the one and only, the super famous Bushel Barrel? They are. They are. We have Very Scrumpy good. Bear over there, which is really good. Mm-hmm. And we have, uh, what was our other one, Adrian? Blackberry. Blackberry. Yeah. 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 Mix blackberry with uh, your Belgium. Like a... So like a little, like a little, like a little, like a little, you think like a little beer cocktail? Oh, it's so good. <laughs> so, it's so good. That's kind of a... It's kind of an interesting thing. Uh, Dave was talking about something the other day where uh, he was at a brewery and uh, somebody he somebody filled in a, an IPA, like three quarters of an IPA, and they went to the fridge and then they added straight grapefruit juice. Now, in Europe, that could be considered a rattler, but maybe he was trying to get uh, that grapefruit connotation that you can actually get by dry hopping. And uh, I, I guess it was unclear what he was doing. Yeah, I mean, it was on their beer menu. Yeah, yeah. That, so... so I'm, thinking they thought it out but it just looked it looked interesting to me i don't know we didn't have anything like that yet yeah yeah when i lived in san diego there was a a bar i used to go to that literally on their menu had like beer mixes or beer cocktails Mm -hmm. and what they would do is they would take a a framboise and then a young's chocolate stout Mm -hmm. for instance and then throw some of the framboise down into a chocolate stout. that's one of the best combinations that that's been like developed in the northwest for like the last 20 years uh it's a, a framboise is a Belgian style beer made with strictly with raspberries, and it goes through a two-year fermentation. Has a percent, percentage of sweetness and high car, high CO2 um, uh, levels in the beer. But in any Russian imperial stout that's dark, deep, and chocolatey, you float it with the raspberry. It's like it tastes like a um, an actual cordial or blackberry, like like an actual chocolate filled with blackberries or mm-hmm. raspberry or something. It's pretty good. A lot of people like that. It's really yeah. delicious. Yeah. And then Sounds you guys good. are planning on food, right? Like having a kitchen. We do have a kitchen space. And right now that's the last part of our project. It's, uh, I want to say it's about 700 square feet. And we have the permitting for a warming kitchen, which means that all the plumbing is in there. We can do prep, prep tile style work, and we can do countertop stuff, crock pots, sandwiches, that kind of food. Nice. And we plan on, plan on developing it into a full-on kitchen. But in the beginning, we're going to do sandwiches and small stuff like that. Cool. Nice. Uh, before we get to the beers, I noticed there's this lovely little logo. On oh, yeah. The, uh, did you see that really beautiful uh, laser engraved logo right there? Yeah. How did that happen? Well, we've now moved a little bit into the laser territory of the podcast. I did do the, um, the engraving on the taster paddles. 
for these guys. They Turned out awesome. Sent me a little logo. We put some bulldogs on there. They're adorable. I love to touch them. <laughs> <laughs> we thought about staining them just to put, we left the, oh, the tape taken off. Yeah. Yeah. That's all right. We can put it back on. We can still stain them. Yeah, just carefully. Yeah. Then it'll match the walls. They turned out really good. I love them. Yeah, we thought we'd do them red, maybe. Red or blue or something? Yeah, multicolor. Have different colors of taster trays. You know, it's, the walls. it's a big fad. Uh, people love to come in, and if you have a bunch of different beers on tap, which we actually do, um, and it's kind of ironic, too, uh, when a brewery opens up and they may only have three or four, uh, but the best part about this small brewery is that it's three and a half barrels, so um, the, it's a little easier to move or get the beers brewed and get them taken care of. And, and uh, Dave was uh, smart enough to make sure we have enough bright tanks, enough kegs, so we can actually be more prepared to have more styles. So that was a good move. How many beers are you going to have on tap when you open the doors? Woohoo! We'll have, I think, 12 beers ready that are 12. on. That's a lot. Yeah. And we've got a couple that, are, that uh, actually, we might have those ready too. Yeah. We might have a few more than that. We're going to take those beers and we're going to kind of pick. We kind of did the full gamut of a whole bunch of different kinds of beers. Mm -hmm. uh, a couple of IPAs, an amber, uh, a porter, uh, a stout, a saison. Um, we're going to pick the ones that, they've all been really well so far. They've all turned out amazing and we're loving all of them, but we're probably going to pick the, the, the ones that we want to keep mm -hmm. as our core. flagship beers or your core beers. Right. As and you kind of just, develop and yeah, the system's small enough we're gonna we're gonna have some fun with it we're gonna brew all kinds of beer we have a nice pilot system as well we're gonna use that stuff and just you know with Tomas's knowledge and stuff I'm gonna cut him loose and, and let him do his thing you know I'll keep brewing the the basic beers that we have as our core and uh, it's a good combination it'll be it, nice we yeah. have a lot of good beers right and here we have uh, Dan of course and Connor Connor is mm -hmm. kind of helping us so he had a great Absolutely. idea today I have a Belgian Abbey he says Hey, don't we have some peppercorns? So we're gonna make it. We're doing a little five-gallon thing of peppercorn uh, Abbey right now. So the the multicolored peppercorn thing. So I said, let's try it. Why not? So <coughs> that's the kind of like. Uh, <coughs> sorry. You're okay. That's just kind of the. That's kind of like the innovation or the freedom we want to have to make sure that we can just do some fun things as well. Yeah. And right now, what are each of your guys' favorites <coughs> of what you have on tap? Excuse me. I got a couple. I like the uh, amber, I like the saison, and I like the blonde that we have. Kind of a fair weather drink. I don't like uh, really super hoppy beers. Mm. I know there's a huge market for them. People love them, and I love to make them. Mm -hmm. uh, they're just not my favorite style to drink. Yeah. I'm an IPA guy. Uh, I like porter, and I definitely like the Belgian style, so Belgian golden saison. Um, but boy, that's a really tough question on any given day for a brewer who's been around. And has a lot of other friends who brew a lot of great beer. Um, it's kind of funny. I have a German brewmaster. I always he's got a huge accreditation, and I always ask him, uh, "What is your favorite beer, Bart?" And he always says, "It's a, a free cold one." So, yeah. Well, how about we start with the IPA? I think if we go this way, and then we get into the crazier stuff over here. Okay. Sound good? Yeah. Go for it. So this is your IPA. Do you guys have a name for it yet? Uh, we haven't named any of the beers yet because we, because we're, we're open and we've just kind of been on fire trying to make as many beers as possible. And I think when you're, if you're gonna, you have to kind of decide what you're gonna do for flagships. And so you want to make sure that you name them so you, mm -hmm. you decide to do labeling and branding. That we've got a has, list of some pretty cool names. Yeah, so yeah. We're kind of stockpiling. Yeah. yeah. Do you guys have an, uh, um, 
to kind of go with a theme where all of them will kind of mix together? Or is it just like, this one should be named this, and there'll that be, name works great for that one? There'll be some bulldog themes incorporated in there, for sure. Uh, we've got some that are, we got to keep it kind of family friendly, you know, so right. we've got a few that were suggested that aren't quite so much, but... You know, we may have one or two of those too. Well, you know, Balls Deep's a, there you a go. good seller there you go. for another brewery. Absolutely. So you could Great do some funny too. things. Yeah, then we will too. I love it. Is the hop in that a little bit of a piney hop? Uh, it was an interesting combination. We used a hop from Germany called um, Bavaria Mandarina, which has kind of like a, a citrus and orangey flavor. This is kind of our rendition of uh, New England style IPA. We first made it was pretty um, hazy, going like the trying not to really mimic the tropic haze, but it's the big craze right now. So, but since we made it uh, early in our like brewing um, in December, I mean uh, January, it's had a while to sit, so it's cleared up all its own. So, nice. but people are liking. I I was told by our by this gentleman right here um, that it's number one seller. So she did the numbers down. So nice. people, people love IPA. They do. Yeah, it's the, it's the number one selling beer from Northern Canada all the way to San Diego. That's crazy. Uh, on the West Coast, it's kind of crazy. And there's probably fifty versions out there. Who knows? It's, Who it's, knows? It's, 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 it's even hard. It's, I don't even want to think about it. Well, I went to uh, Ten Barrel a couple of years ago now, and I got a, a flight because I've never been to the actual brewery before. They had like seven IPAs. <laughs> you can't taste the difference after like no. three. And yeah. it's like, I get people like a variety of different IPAs, but sure. seven? Yeah, like, we'll, have, we'll have three. Yeah. <laughs> it's a cult following. The ones who love it want nothing but. Well, but, but after I tasted three of them, I was like, oh, well, that one tastes, it just became just good or bad. It. <laughs> it didn't become different yeah. flavors at that point. That's, so That's the bitterness, right? You're just kind of. Yeah. Yeah. Well, well we had the guys from World of Beers in last night. They uh, they bought one of our porters for putting it on tap, and they want us to do something exclusive for them. But the, one of the guys who is kind of the, the um, manager for managing all the beers and the keg manager, uh, he was talking about all these different hops that I haven't had much experience with. I've had a lot of experience with different kinds of hops. But um, he says, you need to make this, you need to make that. And I'm like, well, we, we're just starting, so give us a second to kind of catch up. It's like... I, you know, I told him I, he just made a West Coast IPA. We're going to dry hop it tomorrow. So we'll have three in the system, I guess. I don't know if that's enough, but we're trying. <laughs> yeah, I think if we keep them spread out a little bit. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. So, make them a little different. Yeah. If they buy every ounce of beer you guys decide to brew for them, that, and it's profitable yeah. as well. Absolutely. You know? Yeah. There are a good bunch of guys over there. So you're trying the porter. Mm-hmm. Not the cocoa one, just the regular one. So what's what's the standout for this guy here? Ooh, it's roasty. Well, we've had different comments from different people, but I think I get a little bit of like uh, some chocolate espresso, or maybe a hint of, and then some roastiness, and then uh, uh, even someone said it was smoky, but uh, there is no smoke maltness at all. I definitely get that roasty coffee mm -hmm. flavor mm -hmm. out of it. Mm -hmm. But you guys didn't add any coffee. No. Mm -mm. That's just that's, that's good recipe, right? Yeah. 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 It would is this black style porter or a brown style porter? No, this is a more of a it's an uh, it's an English style porter, uh, kind of like a taddy porter, based off just like looking at the numbers and the malts that we use, and it's five point eight. So it's kind of has some toffee connotation too. So if you were in England, uh, you probably a porter would kind of mimic that kind of flavor a little bit. 
I always like ending my my beer drinking evening with a dark beer, whether that's a uh, stout's usually too heavy, but uh, mm-hmm. a good solid porter. I didn't realize how popular they were. <laughs> They're very popular. Mm-hmm. Well, it's kind of like one of those you want something that has good flavor, but you don't want it to be overpowering. Right. Or you could drink that with food too. Whereas for me, an IPA, it just either ruins the beer with the, like, the food ruins the beer, or the beer ruins the food, mm-hmm. and. So I just always go with like a basic golden style beer when I'm drinking. Can't go wrong. Yeah. yeah. So. Porter is really great with uh, like a beef stew, lamb stew, or a nice nice steak. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, it goes really well with that. And you can actually use it in cooking as well to make chili. Yeah. Yeah. So or you can deglaze pork chops with it. There's all Ooh. kinds of things you can do with it. So. This one is the amber. You can really mix beer in with anything <laughs> if you wanted to. <laughs> For real, yeah. like. I've never seen beer ice cream, but you know, I'm sure someone's tried it. Actually, you know what you could do with this porter, when you just saying that, if we had vanilla ice cream here, like Tillamook vanilla ice cream, and our porter, we can make a, believe it or not, it sounds a little weird, but you can make a, a, a vanilla porter um, float. Mm-hmm. It's pretty good. Absolutely. Yeah. I don't think that's weird at all. Yeah. Yeah. If you're into ice cream floats. Absolutely. Yeah. yeah. And you're in you, your beer. And you have a you're... kitchen. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, you could do that in the That'll summer. have a freezer. <laughs> yeah, there you go. Yeah. Maybe you could Absolutely. blend it down to a little bit of a milkshake. I got a blender. Well, too. I don't know about that. Because, okay. you know, you got to have some, no. I don't, I don't, I don't know. I think that's getting a little, you know. Is that a personal preference or is that like from uh, your giant <laughs> knowledge base? It's a giant knowledge base. I think people have tried that before and I just kind of like, I don't think this is going to work. But, but the actual porter float, like an ice cream float, like a root beer float, it is kind of the die for. And if you have like a, chocolate brownie that's made with that beer too and some strawberries uh, that's kind of dessert stop it man <laughs> <laughs> you don't have food yet we can't yeah eat. really <laughs> <laughs> that amber's nice though it's very like light drinking and kind of punchy mm-hmm. in the flavor keeps it fresh i think that was our third beer we made it, it turned yeah really nice. i have a thing about ambers and browns specifically so i'm oh, always excited when i find I, the listener I'm, so I'm always excited when I find a, a good, a good amber or a good brown because you always go in and you think every new place you're like, I can't go wrong with an amber or a brown because those are kind of middle of the road. It's not going to be super hoppy, but it's not going to be super dark. And most of the time in all the places I go, I order the amber and I'm like, that was a waste of five bucks. <laughs> I should have just got something else, yeah. you know. And so this one actually is very. There's actually flavor to it, which is yeah. nice. Nice. Yeah. That's lovely. Uh, that's one of my favorites, too. All right, we're going to go for the Saison now, the beer of the hardworking field hand. So what makes a Saison a Saison versus just a beer? Well, well you want it's, me... the, it's the yeast mainly. Okay. Um, gives it like a banana flavor, kind of. Well, Saison's uh, kind of an age-old um, style. It was really originated in France, um, but Belgians have caught on it because France and the city of Dix-Saint-Rémy and the border of France, the Black Sea, are very close. So um, what's really interesting about the Saisons in France, they use this yeast that gives it kind of this farmy, wet horse hair kind of like (laughs) connotation that people are actually, it's kind of brett and people really love it. Where in Belgium, like you said, uh, it's kind of clove, banana-like, spicy. Yeah, um, it sounds very Hef-like. It can be. Uh, the best thing about these beers, like the Saisons or Hef, is you can actually incorporate fruit in them too. 
some people, especially in Belgium, I've been to Belgium, so they actually add like raspberries or blackberries or blueberries or peach or something uh, to kind of offset some of those flavors. But some of those flavors actually marry very well together. So, so if you ever been to Belgium, you're not going to find one saison. You're going to find about twenty. Well, and, and <laughs> yeah. when. I've noticed when breweries brew a, a saison, it's like that's just the one that they make. They don't try a bunch of the different varieties that mm. you just mentioned. It's mm. like this is the one that we're going yeah, with. Yeah, stick with it. And, and it's kind of like, well, if there's thirty different varieties and you know this one didn't sell very well, maybe try the switch it up. The other one, you know. Absolutely. I feel like saison is kind of almost a newcomer to American craft beer. It hasn't quite been explored as much as like IPAs have been, stouts and porters. I don't think I had my first Saison until maybe five years ago, I started seeing them kind of pop up. So. I, I totally agree with you. Um, I can tell you this much though, uh, you can put, especially if you get some from Belgium and France and they do a lot of wire and cork Saison. So there's a lot of secondary fermentation in the bottle. And you can set them up and drink them and put a blindfold on and um, you would be kind of shocked what you're tasting. And then when you look at the beer, it's always kind of straw colored. There's only a couple different ingredients in it. Some are noble hops, some are American hops. But the best part about it is the yeast that changes everything. Mm -hmm. And if you do secondary fermentation and when you go to Belgium, especially, every bottle conditioned beer has its own glass. So they feel like there's this like marriage with the beer and the glassware that if it pours specifically in this glass, then it's meant to be for that beer. And so. when you say glass, you're talking about the actual shape yes. of, of the glassware mm -hmm. that they're serving. Yeah, in. yeah. I've been to a, a bar in Bruges that had uh, 40 beers on tap and probably 160 beers, and they had a glass for every beer. A wow. different glass for yeah. every beer? Yeah. I'm sorry, but... That's a lot of glasses. That's expensive. But, well, yeah. but at that point, it's like, guys. But the, no, it's the, the brewery, it's the brewery that sent that glass that said, you can, you can uh, serve uh, our beer. Okay. Serve it in oh, this. but only in this glass. Only in this glass. Okay. Kind of like Guinness does. So they're very adamant on how, what they think, why it's important to drink that beer with that glass. And there's also a marketing value with that as well. Oh, for sure. So. Well, I was just going to say, like, <laughs> at that level of numbers of glasses, like, I'm sorry, the IPA is going to taste the same out of this glass <laughs> as they will out of this glass. But you don't find very many IPAs in Belgium. <laughs> but, but you know what I mean? <laughs> but you know what I mean? Like, well, even if, well, Sound, they're a big Belgian beer brewery. So even if they were to serve all their beers in different glasses, they, the, the Baltic's going to taste like the Baltic. You know, it's not going to, I don't see how a glass can change well, the flavor. You'd be surprised. That much. Yeah, it's in, it's in your tasting experience. Like, if you're just going to sit there and slug a beer, then you're not going to notice a difference. But even a lot of craft breweries now, you see them serving them in little tulip glasses, and that's because they're trying to get your aroma here first before you go down and you drink. It's so also it, a 10-ounce pour. Like, don't just chug your beer down. But, but it depends <laughs> on the alcohol volume. Uh, the, what's the alcohol strength yeah. in that? But I can tell you this. I'm a UC Davis grad. So they have a program that we did where it's called sensory evaluation. So, and the glasser was very important for different things. Mm -hmm. And if you've ever been to Sierra Nevada, uh, down at their brewery in Chico, um, they don't have 25 glasses, but they probably have seven or eight, and they are specifically poor certain things because mm -hmm. they have learned this culture, and uh, they do very, very, very well. And uh, so, Nevada, yeah. yeah. So I the thing so. is, the, so what I guess the point I'm trying to make is that. Um, believe it or not, 
if you had a blindfold, we poured certain things in mm -hmm. certain glasses. You would, you, would, you would pick the one that would taste the best because you would look at it and go, oh my God, I didn't realize this. So, yeah. so in Scotland, for the Scottish ales, they'll use a thistle glass. And not very many breweries have a thistle. What's that? It goes, it's kind of shaped like this and like this and like that. And they'll do it for a Scotch ale. It's a beautiful glass, but it's yeah. kind of, you know, it's expensive. Yeah. So, yeah. Hmm. It sounds and like what we should do is blindfold John, <laughs> get him a glassware, and we'll have Tomas make John drink these beers so that he understands what's going on. Uh, you know, yeah. All IPAs. IPAs. Yeah. Yeah. You can say glasses. Just come on down, and uh, if you ever want to do that, we would like to do that. I think it'd be fun. And I will record it. Yes, of course. <laughs> and Dave's, Dave's not least favorite beer is IPA, so we would have to get. We'd have to be having to do it too, so he could find a glass oh, yeah, exactly. that actually go, hey, this actually tastes okay. Well, <laughs> there you go. So every year, we, my family does a beer tasting over Christmas. I'm jealous of his family. It just sounds really cool to have a family who's like, let's do our yearly beer tasting. Well, yeah. my brother-in-law and I enjoy beer, and so we go, we just, we, well, you and me do the same thing, going to Total Wine for, right. for yeah, we the do. podcast. Just grab a box, like, we want this one, we want that one, we want that but for Christmas, it's all winter-style beers, mm -hmm. you know? So we, we pare it down a little bit. Um, but I've noticed the years that we do a blind tasting versus just a regular tasting, you could have the, you could have the same beers year, year from year, and they'll come out in different, like, better versus worse, depending on if it's blind or not blind. Yeah. And so drinking, like actually doing a tasting blindfolded or not knowing what the beer is, you're like, oh, that's actually really gross and then it's and then you then, but then you see the labels like i buy that beer all the time yeah. what is wrong with me you know that's crazy that's so well the gingerbread beer oh yeah we did that on the last one we did uh last place did you feed anybody yes you did i did i took a little the so after our last podcast uh it was the winter beer one for december mm -hmm. i think um we had we mixed all the remainders into a bowl so that we could dump it. We tasted it at the end. It actually tasted like a winter beer. It's just, <laughs> it's a generic, just a generic Christmas beer. Christmas beer. I was like, this could pass as, as a beer if that somebody to, would buy. Yeah, if you were to bottle it, mind you, it was probably about 60% winter wonderland from That's Silver funny. City. Yeah. But, uh, but still, I put it in little, little glasses and I took it down to um, uh, where my friends were hanging out. And I was like, you got to try it. They all thought it was a homebrew. Oh, man. So, yeah, yeah, yeah. That's hilarious. And uh, so they're like, one of them was like, ah, it tastes really good. And the other was like, ah, it's okay, blah, blah, blah. And, um, the uh, Jared down the, I took it down to Ball Hall. Yeah. And the head brewer down there actually called, is that Winter Wonderland? <laughs> he actually called it from the mixture you of could all taste of them. He could taste it in there. And I was like, actually, that's the majority of it, yeah. That's funny. And, that's brilliant. Uh, I'm and, so happy that you actually yeah. got people to drink that. Yep. I got six people to drink it. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> they all thought it was homebrew, so yeah. it worked out. It was that's funny. cool. Good experiment. Yeah. yeah. So if you ever are hurting for a beer, just mix a bunch together yeah. and <laughs> create a new one. Jeez. We were just me and Connor were just talking about a couple things back there for a beer that we're, we we like. It's good, but just not totally happy with it. So we might do something with it. Just yeah. so, um, I have experience working in the wine industry and cider industry, so uh, as a barrel aging manager at Red Hook, so uh, part of, one of the things I kind of know how to do is blend, and that's really important. And what's really funny is that I think most people don't realize that, like some of the bigger breweries in the world do a lot of blending. Yeah. 
Well, I just realized that Samuel Smith, their organic chocolate stout, is a malt beverage. I'm very disappointed. Really? They have put no hops in it, uh. which makes it not a beer. Yeah. Technically, through the German running high school, yes. Yeah. But on the label, it says malt beverage. Mm-hmm. It, it says nowhere on there beer. It just in oh. the fine print. What beer was that again from uh, Samuel, Samuel Smith? From organic Smith. chocolate stout. I'm, I'm, I, well, you know, it's phenomenal. It's a been, great beer. Yeah. I just, I'm all. It's just because oh. <laughs> it's not even yeah, beer. It's not a beer anymore. The, the, obviously, the um, you're a traditionalist, and so this this makes you angry. Mm. Well, it did because because to me, a malt beverage is something that's designed. Right. It's not just brewed. Right. Mm. My, I might be completely wrong on on that aspect. The, for the different breweries, they may just brew the beer with no hops, and it's, it has to be labeled a malt beverage. Or they actually add a little flavor and add this and blend it with this to get what that flavor is, right. which to, to me is not a real beer. To me, a malt beverage is something that you tape two of, one in each hand when you're in college, <laughs> and then you play Edward Forty hands. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> yep, exactly. exactly. So tell us a little bit about this golden beer that we have right here. The Belgian golden? Yep. Um, well, the inspiration for me is just is always Duval, and I'm never going to be able to make Duval because we're not at the plant. We don't have the same kind of water. I don't even know what kind of hops or yeast they use, but I, I love that beer. It's a very inspirational beer. We had a one particular strain of, uh, we had three strains here and we were trying to keep everything alive. So I looked at Dave and I said, hey, what do you think about making this? He says, yeah, let's go for it. So there's some Belgian candy in it, there's some Noble Hops, uh, some Pilsner Mall. It's not a complicated beer. I think it's pretty good, but I think, you know, being the guy who's always kind of like more critical than anybody else, it's like, oh, I could make it better. I think you're underestimating it a little bit because I think that that right there is a gateway to Belgian beers. For somebody who is not deeply into them, yeah. it's nice, it's light, but you've also got some of the complexity of like a Belgian beer and the flavor. Yeah. So that's a gateway into dragging somebody into Belgian beers. Wow, I like, I like, that, I like that terminology. I've never heard that before. Just the whole gateway thing. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mix this. So I converted a non-beer drinker into a beer drinker by mixing a Belgian-style golden ale with bushel barrel. Slowly baby-stepped him in. I gave him a 50-50. He started with cider, and I was like, try this. So I gave him a sample, a 50-50 split of this and or something similar to this, and one of their, I think it was their, um, it's an orange-flavored one, an orange-flavored cider. Yeah, I can't remember the name. They have a different... <laughs> But um, he was like, oh my God. Really good. That's really good. And then you could technically start slowly tapering down the cider part. This is kind of like the opposite of a, what is it, a 12 step program? (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) How to drink more. How to drink more. Um, So if you get people in here that don't like beer, Mm -hmm. boom, just mix them. Very clever. I like it. Yeah. And it it tastes really, really good. I totally and you always do get those people who come into a brewery who, who want a Bud Light or something like that. They're yeah. not real heavy beer drinkers. So what beer do you think is probably your best one to pour for people who are not deeply into the craft beer, who just want the easy drink? Well, that's a pretty easy answer, actually. Um, Dave, um, we you can talk a little bit about Dave Dave likes Pilsner and he likes like lighter style beers, so I'll let him talk about it. But uh, she asked, what was our kind of our transitional beer? So we made it, he made a beer called Dave's Light. Talk a little bit about it. Well, it's, a, it's a blonde. Uh-huh. Um, 
like I said, I don't like hoppy beers too much. I like them. The Blonde is a beer you can sit down and have two or three of. Um, it's not super, uh, the alcohol content's not super, you know, I think it's, uh, it's about a five, I think is what it is. Um, not hoppy at all. Easy drinking beer. I like it a lot. You should just call it Dave's Light. Just leave that, the blonde out yeah. of it. Maybe but, I but that's yeah. what we call it. We yeah, call yeah. it Dave's Light. Yeah. So, yeah. I like that. Also, I like this right here. Do you guys try a chili beer and tell me what you think of that? Okay. Well, we'll start right with now. the chili beer. Well, he tries that. I'm going to ask a vaguely taboo question. Okay. Because there is the weed shop upstairs. Sure. I feel like everybody will ask, eventually, are you going to put marijuana into beer? Or how legally restricted is that? It, it is restricted. You have to have a, a, an I-502, which is the recreational kitchen, to put it together in. So you can't just, I couldn't, I couldn't go back there in the brewery and just start combining okay. cannabis with beer and then sell it. Okay. You know, I could probably do, do that yourself. and give it to some of my friends and let them try it. But other yeah. than that, you can't, you can't put it out there. Um, I think it's a super cool concept. Uh, and you have to, you, you have to have the right balance, obviously, of course. Yeah. Um, I know that Tomas had some strong opinions about that. <laughs> well, well, marijuana is a cousin to hops. It is. It is. And no, I, the thing is, I have no issues with that, but it's going back to just the legality. Sure. And then uh, the only opinion is that with fermentation, even though you may spend a lot of money to throw it into your boil, after fermentation, a lot of the THC uh, components get blown off. Well, see, it wouldn't be it wouldn't be a process of, of introducing like whole leaf cannabis in there. It would probably be an extract. Yeah. So what you do is you'd get a CO2 product or uh, some type of a, a distillant like that, and you'd introduce it in there. Like that. He knows more about this than I do. For yeah. sure. Yeah. <laughs> being a grower, I would imagine so. Yeah, a... All right, I'm I'm smelling this chili beer. And part of me is very afraid because the chili is just. I'm gonna let you taste it before I say your, anything. I'll spice say in your nose, like it hits you. So, I've had a number of chili beers over the years, just because you see it on the store shelf. You're like, I'll go ahead and try. Sure, it. Have to try Every it. time I drink one, I dump it because mm. I'm just like, nope, it tastes. I'm gonna just not be happy by the end of, by the end of the beer. That is a very mild chili. It you is. You can smell it. From the, from the, from the smell. The bark yeah. is louder than the bite. There you yeah. go. Guy. There you go. You it hits name you. it then. That's a great name. <laughs> 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 Bark's louder than yeah. the bite. That's awesome. Just on any beer. Yeah. Oh. I usually hate the beers when they put chilies and peppers and things like that and I can't drink them. Yeah. yeah. But that, that's not bad. Like that did not burn going down. Uh -uh. It was just enough in the mouth mm -hmm. to let you know that That's Tomas. Tomas did that beer right there. It's like the when you eat one or two of the uh, jalapeno chips, and you're good. When you start eating 20 and 30 of the jalapeno chips, then you're just having a bad time. Yeah. Right? <laughs> yeah, this exactly. is one or two That's jalapeno a, chips, yeah, and it's, it's good, yeah. That's a sippable beer. Well, over the years, I've made a lot of chili beer. Uh, being from, New, my family's from New Mexico and Colorado, and being that we're close to Hatch, New Mexico, we're always blessed with really great chili, even red chili and, um, and green chilies. So to incorporate roasted chili into a light beer, um, they used to have this beer in Arizona called Dave's Chili Beer. Could, and, uh, <laughs> Just name all your beers Dave's, Porter's, which, Dave's IPA. The, which, which was, it's really the truth. It was called Dave's Chili's Beer, and there was always this little chili at the bottom of the beer. And it was light. It looked like, um, it looked like Corona. But man, it was so hot, you couldn't drink it. But some people liked it, and they, yeah, I don't they know. throw the, beer, the chili right in there. Yeah, the little chili pepper on the bottom. It's yeah, called it's Dave's true. Chili Beer. I'll, I'll look it up. If I bet it's you. too hot, you can't enjoy it. I mean, you've yeah. you got to be able to get through it. You know? yeah. 
I guess you could keep some chili peppers on hand behind the bar and you could get somebody who like always orders the spicy five at the Thai restaurant. Yeah. Throw your chili pepper in there just yeah. for them. Yeah. There is people that want that to have a... <laughs> There's like, an interesting... They want the bark to match the bite. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And I, I personally like it to where it have a heavy bark and a little bite on yeah. it. You know, because then you have a larger group of people that can drink it. Yeah. Yeah. But there are a few people, Adriana's boyfriend... He wanted cayenne pepper in there. He likes it Ooh, really Just hot. put the pepper in there for him. Yeah. Yeah. You could, on the menu, say hot or mild. There. Yeah. That's yeah. And then idea. the hot one comes with the pepper. Yeah. Well, I have an interesting quick story about chili bear. Uh, and I used to work in, in Woodenville at a brewery called Triple Horn. They kind of helped them uh, when, in their infancy. But they were, they were bigger tanks or 20 barrels. And we started, uh, one of the owners was from Arizona. And he said, hey, you know, we used to call this, we used to see these Mexican people. Got Mexican workers, and they were, we'd call them Pepper Belly. So he wanted me to make a, a beer called Pepper Belly. So we would do a couple casks. We would start out with a half barrel, do one here, one there, one here, and then there. And then we'd use a lot of fresh peppers and that sort of thing. So the next thing you know, we're making four kegs a month. And, before, before, and after I left, after a two and a half year stint, now they're making 10 barrels at a time. Nice. Because people come in exclusively looking for that beer. And he looked at me, you have no idea the monster you created because you know how many peppers you have to buy for 10 barrels. Oh, God. <laughs> and so, and they, uh, and then the, one of the brewers who moved on to Four Corners sent me a picture one day at the Washington Beer Commission at the Miramore Park. They give out awards and they won a gold medal for pepper. He goes, dude, you showed me how to do this. Thank you so much for the, for the medal. I'm like, I just. I, just, I didn't do the ten barrel thing. I just did the. You just the, brewed a beer. You I just did the kegs at the time. Yeah. Yeah. And and you guys figured it out. Yeah, it's yeah. pretty funny. So that's experience with pepper beer. It's pretty funny. Yeah, that's yeah. awesome. Yeah. Um, and then this one right here is the cocoa porter. Cocoa porter. Yes. Cocoa porter. It tastes very much like the porter, just cocoa-y. I'm gonna do them one after another. <laughs> so, so quick thing on the on the chili beer. I just had a funny thought. Okay. Take your head, a picture of your head, and morph it into a chili mm -hmm. pepper. Put that then, on the label. And then mm -hmm. engrave it into a bottom of a special glass. Like a nucleated pint glass? Just for the chili beer. That's clever. Yeah. I like that. <laughs> 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 to think <laughs> I've seen glasses like that. Okay. <laughs> and you get to enjoy it when you see it. Yeah, exactly. I like yeah. it. You can even have Dave's chili beer. <laughs> so, um, they are so, very similar. So, is it the same porter, just one with cocoa, one without, or are they actually completely different? Uh, they're a little different. We did one on a pilot system, but we used the same recipe. Mm -hmm. So, one, of the, I, th I think the coconut porter is not just have cocoa; it has vanilla in it. It's a little, okay. it's a little bit bigger, and I think there's a little bit more malt in it. Um, we just took that and said, okay, we're gonna just gonna dumb it down. We used uh, the same yeast. Uh, I thought when I had uh, tasted it, I thought it was a little, a little bit, totally a little bit different. But if you guys think it's similar, I think I, the, the the cocoa one is a little bit smoother in taste, mm -hmm. whereas the normal porter is still really like roasty. Roasty, yes. Yeah, I was yeah. gonna say I get a lot more coffee off of this one than I do the cocoa one. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So even though it's similar, they, they they're different enough. To where so the pilot works. series, so the chili beer and the cocoa we did on the pilot system. Okay. So we could use that and kind of advertise it a little bit. So, yeah. yeah. That's awesome. Yeah. yeah. I'm a big fan of coffee coffee beers these days because at like Very 4 p.m. I want a coffee, but I also want a beer. That's so <laughs> contradictory, though. Does it wake you up? Does it put you to sleep? If you Nobody drink knows. Three coffee beers at the same, like in a row, you're going to be awake. Oh yeah. <laughs> 
you're going to be tired, but you're going to be awake. Yeah. Well, there is a lot of people that are making the new cold brew um, and infusing it into um, beers with the cold brew coffee. They sit mm -hmm. overnight and they yeah. put it in the secondary fermentation or into, uh, somewhere in the, in, in the aging process. Mm -hmm. I have not done one in a long time. I, I did it the old-fashioned way, but I have not done a cold brew. Yeah, I so. did my homebrew, the one I did in December, I put cold brew into that. Mm -hmm. um, and then it's, I'm going to do it again with the next iteration, which all the ingredients for are sitting on my counter right now. So, What do we got next? It's the, the scotch? Yes. What's, what's the name Scottish? for this? Is, Is Scottish? it Scottish or Scotch? It's Scotch. Scotch. Um, there is, like I said, that we have no names yet. Um, we have lists. Everything's lists just bad bulldogs. There. Yeah. Put them all up on the wall. And throw Dave's some darts Scott at them. Jail. Mm -hmm. oh. <laughs> <laughs> That's cool. I like that one. Yeah. <laughs> They're all gonna be Dave's. Yeah, every every beer is gonna be Dave's something. <laughs> That's yeah. Easy, yep. I love the and the label. It's gonna be all the yeah. I love the smell on this. It smells a little differently than your traditional kind of Scotch ale. Do you mm -hmm. want to talk a little bit about what you did differently? With this guy? Well, I told Dave that um, you know Silver City is a big, they, one of the bigger sellers is Scotch Ale, and I and they use peated malt. And I've been to Germany, uh, Bamberg, Germany, uh, where they make with it's kind of the home of smoked beer. So that's a little smoky. It is, uh, but it's Rauch malt. So Rauch in German means smoked beer, uh, smoked malt, and the malt is two row, but it's done with beech wood. It's not done with alder wood, like in uh, Alaskan smoked porter. When, if you ever had it. You could, it's great to cook with. It's really, really smoky, but they use alderwood. They use a cold smoke on it. It's world famous. Uh, they make, they've won lots of gold medals for it. So in uh, Germany, I think the smoke malt is, is a little softer because peat malt is really intense. Mm -hmm. So I think it was good, quick turnaround. I, we're, we're getting a lot of people saying they like it. So mm -hmm. I think that I think that Kissup County mm -hmm. is. Everybody loves Scotch Ale. I'm not really sure. Everybody loves Saison. I'm not really sure why, but that I think Silver City kind of set that precedence a little bit. And I used to work for. I work for Silver City, so I actually, you know, I know that they do a pretty good sale with it. So I thought, well, let's give it a try. It's winter. Yeah, yeah. I like how it's smoky, but not smoked beer. Right. Not over the top. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, not like one of. How do you say it? Rauch. 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 They call it Rauch or Rauch beer. Because I've had, like, you go to the store, you buy a bottle of, like, a, I always called it a rouch, a rouch beer. Yeah, yeah. And it's spelled B-I-E-R. And, you know, you open that thing up and you just, just liquid smoke in a bottle. Well, it smells like a campfire. <laughs> yeah. But, you know, um, the writer, the beer writer, Michael Jackson, used to say, uh, you know, when they talked about smoke beer, and there was an interview, and he was in Bomberg, he goes, well, it's not so bad after the second liter. That means that means that he's already have drinking Drunk enough beer that yeah. it doesn't matter at that point. Yeah. Have a quote. Have that quote on the wall. And then have a liter glass <laughs> and just pour scotch into it. There's the scotch's glass. Yeah, you go. <laughs> it all out right now. I love it. Yeah. You guys could also do what Rogue does and just put your face on all the labels. Mm -hmm. yeah. Just the yeah. same face That's in different true. costumes. <laughs> Interchangeable hats. If there you, you do, do, if you do, every every beer is named Dave's Amber Dave's. Uh -huh. Like you're gonna have to put your face exactly. on all of them. Yeah. <laughs> you should throw a bone to Tomas though. Give him one beer to put his name on. All right. Oh, I, no, I, he's I, on the kegerator. Huh? He's on the kegerator. I'm just having fun. <laughs> I'm just having fun. Like I told Dave, my biggest, um, most important thing is, and especially in any business that's starting out, is 
you got to make good beer because there's so many players and you have to do it right. So I, my biggest thing is let's just make great beer. I don't care about the accolades. Or, I got enough of that stuff already. It doesn't really mean anything anyway. The, best, the most important part is a friend of mine, Fal Allen, who's a great brewer at Anderson Valley, would say, you can make the greatest beer in the world, but if no one's buying it, it doesn't mean anything. Mm-hmm. I just discovered Anderson Valley, yeah. like, last year. I never had anything from them before. Mm-hmm. I had their, it was an orange can, there's like a bear on it. Mm-hmm. No idea what it's called. One of the best beers I've ever had. Mm-hmm. And I was just like, what? Super good. What the heck is this? And, uh... He just made... It's in Seattle. I can't get it here. Yeah. I have to... It's only is it there. right there. Yeah. No. Is it? No, I'm asking. Is it? No, no, no. It's it's Where's Anderson it? Valley out of it's California. A, it's in Northern oh, California. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, and you guys would love us in Humboldt County, where uh-huh. there's lots of. <laughs> <laughs> you know, in Humboldt County, you can grow as a resident. You can grow a pound a pot a year. As a resident. Yeah, for free with no taxation or anything like that. So. Huh. Yeah. Nice. But Anderson Valley just came out with a frambozen, like you talked about for the frambois, mm-hmm. in a can. And that's my buddy. And he's like, he's an amazing brewer. I'm, I think I'm good, but he's way better than me. But he was the very first brewer at the Pike Brewing Company, which has a huge history in yeah. Seattle. They are an actually institution. So. Yeah. Pike's been around a long mm-hmm. time. 30 years. That's cool. Yeah. How long have you been brewing beer? Um, professionally, probably 22, 23, and home brewing for three or four. So almost 30 years. So I'm, I'm old. So you I started as a home brewer, and you're like, I love doing this. Well, actually, I, I was at Boeing for ten, I was at Boeing for ten years. It's an interesting story, and we had a Boeing beer and wine club, and we just would get together. And my wife, she was going to school and working. I thought, yeah, I need a hobby, and I like beer, and uh, so I tried brewing it. It was terrible at first. Uh, it's like discouraging, but I extract kept like. Extract or was it all grain? Uh, it was extract, and then I got into all grain. It was still terrible. So yeah. you went on the same journey that every, every yeah. home brewer does. But then I got laid off after 10 years, and they said, you know, you, you passed all your classes at uh, Rent Vocational, and, you know, uh, they, they randomly, uh, we had 110,000 people there. They were hired from 1981 to 1991. And they laid out 20,000 people one day, ran me through a computer selection, and I already had two pens, and they said, we're sorry, but you just your name came up. And uh, some other people on my organization name came up, and they had like 15 years. But Jeez. the best part about what That's they did is, go. but I had my severance, and I had a 401k, but the, what they did is that since you passed all your classes, we're going to give you an extra $15,000 to go back to school. I thought that was amazing. That is amazing. So my wife at the time says, you know, you're kind of good at this home brewing stuff. You know how to read brew plants and stuff. Have you ever thought about doing this? And I said, well, uh, so I kind of look at the program. So I went to California and I spent a whole summer at Davis and I did a correspondence program for a whole year. So that means I had to go back down, back and forth. Yeah. And I learned a lot. And I apprenticed in Alberta, in Oregon, and in Washington for free. Well, that's what an apprentice does. Yeah. <laughs> we will feed you and we will give you beer and yeah, you, yeah. So I did a lot of that. Okay. For Sleep, on Sleep the in couch. the back of the brewery. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. you'd be surprised. Yep. Yeah. Well, I mean, there's plenty of space in breweries. You just throw a mattress <laughs> in there. Good to go. Dog bed, right over there. You can get some water right there. Is that, is that where Connor sleeps? <laughs> 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 well, anything else? I feel like we're kind of slowing down. Is there anything else you guys want to say about the brewery? Well, we are community friendly. We want to be involved in the community. Um, we want to see Bremerton uh, kind of coming back and being rebuilt. Um, 
I think that this area is great and it has a lot of good potential, a lot of property. Um, just one step at a time. But this area right here is making a little comeback, I think, and, mm -hmm. and uh, we get a few businesses in here in, in this area, and it's going to be really good. Tell everybody where you're located at so they have your address. We are at 941 North Callow, which is directly across from Safeway, right on the corner. We are around back, so if you come to the top, they'll probably direct you around the backside. So um, we're working on some lighting back there to brighten it up at nighttime. We understand it's a little dark right now, uh, but we're working on that. And uh, we got a little ways to go. We're, we're open, but we're not completely finished. When, when, once again, when's the grand opening? That's on March 3rd, March 3rd. at 2 o'clock. Yeah, we're going to have a Beautiful. ribbon cutting ceremony. The mayor's going to be here. It should be really nice. And there'll be some food here, too. And then I assume you guys are on all of the necessary social media so that we people are. can find you. We are, yeah. Look we're, for Bad Bulldogs. That's right, Bad Bulldogs Brewery, March 3rd. Across all of them, or is there some weird little... Okay. For Facebook and Instagram. Fantastic. Because sometimes something's taken and you're like, dang it. Quit making fun of me, John. <laughs> Her laser thing is all screwed up. Hey, man. Yeah. <laughs> does beautiful it? work. Let me, let me tell you. Oh, it does. Yes. Yes, it does. Yeah, I just had a social media thing where like somebody on one platform had taken the name I wanted and it was like the last one I checked. So I already had it on four other platforms. Whatever. But going back to this. It's beautiful. It's awesome. It's lovely. I'm going to be here for the grand opening if any of the laser babies want to come and drink beer with me. There you go. Absolutely. All right. Well, thank you very much, guys. Well, thank, thank you. you. We really appreciate you coming absolutely. down. Thank you very and, uh, yeah, It was fun. I appreciate it again. Don't forget the speech, John. we got to do our speech. I don't remember it. <laughs> it's up to you. Uh, don't operate... Heavy machinery? Lasers or heavy machinery under the influence of alcohol. Beer is not for babies. <laughs> and listen responsibly.